we never could get when we lived up north. And one of the things she said to me as a little boy, they used to call me Danny when I was younger. And uh, I would, of course, as most young boys do, I would just pile my plate with everything I could put on it. Uh, And my granny would look at me and she'd say, Danny, I think your eyes are a little bit bigger than your stomach. Uh, Well, uh, I do that in the case of food still, uh, but I also do that sometimes in the case of looking at Bible studies. Uh, And so when I did this Bible study this morning for our 10 o'clock Bible time, uh, I decided pretty quickly once we we started into the study that we need to make this into two studies. So uh, we're going to be dealing with these passages uh, that uh, we look at here tonight, this week and next week. Uh, And it's one of those big topics. It's it's one of those things that hits close to home to to all of us, not that these others that we've been looking at don't. Uh, But this is one that is going to be very relatable. Uh, It's going to be one that uh, people have questions about. Uh, And quite honestly, it's one that we, we struggle with. Uh, it's, it has to do with the idea of, uh, of forgiveness and what does it look like to forgive? Why do we need to forgive? Uh, this is a big piece to the uh, whole part of this prayer that Christ gives to his disciples. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the prayer actually goes through verse 13, uh, but then Christ tacks on another saying at the end, talking directly about this whole idea of uh, forgiveness. So we're going to just touch on a little, a little bit of it this week, and then next week uh, we will uh, hopefully wrap it up. And as you're listening to this, uh, you're always welcome to contact me. Uh, you can reach me uh, by email at danh at ebcathens.com, or you can call the, the church here at 256-232-6193. I would love to hear maybe your questions or uh, comments uh, about this. Uh, and not only this topic, but but anything we do as we study together, uh, always feel free to uh, contact me and, and dialogue a little bit more. That helps me in my study. Uh, it helps me in my presentation of how uh, we're looking at God's Word together. So we're going to dig into this here together in just a moment, but let's uh, begin with a, a word of prayer. And uh, as uh, just before I pray, if you want to, if you can get there quick enough, turn to Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses uh, 9 through four, uh, 15 is what we're going to, uh, the whole passage but we're going to really hone in on verse 12 and 14 and 15 today. So you can turn there, uh, and we'll dive into this together here in just a few moments. But let's pray. Father, I come before you right now, and I do thank you for this day. Thank you for an opportunity that we have to once again study your word together. Uh, Thank you for this medium that we have of being able to do this live stream, Uh, some watching now, others that will watch later. Uh, But Lord, uh, using this as an opportunity to study your word together uh, as we continue to deal with this uh, this pandemic, uh, even though things seem to be moving in a good direction, Lord, we still uh, can make good use of what you've provided for us here uh, by doing this uh, in this fashion. So thank you for this. Thank you for those that make it happen. I thank you for Justin and his work in making this happen for us day in and day out. So, Father, as we study your word today, give us wisdom, give us insight. I pray that we will humble ourselves before your word, uh, and we will uh, truly seek uh, to to be obedient uh, to your word this day. It's in Christ's most holy name uh, that we pray all of these things. Amen. Uh, I want to start with a couple questions, and one of the hardest things for, for doing a live stream like this is not being able to get uh, direct answers uh, from you. So I'll uh, ask these questions, and I will a- uh, anticipate that you're going to uh, answer those to yourself, if nothing else, and I'll go ahead and give you maybe some answers that we got as we talked about this this morning, uh, as well as just uh, some of my insights uh, in, in how I would answer this, these questions. 
But uh, the, the first question is just simply this. What are some ways that people deal with wrongs that are done to them? So when they've been mistreated in some way, when somebody has done something to them uh, that uh, uh, they shouldn't have done, and so they have been wronged, what are some of the ways that people uh, deal with this? And one of the first answers we got this morning when I, when I asked that question was retaliation. Uh, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back, whether that's literally or, or figuratively. Uh, a physical hit, uh, you can retaliate with a physical hit of yourself, which will just lead to more conflict and doesn't end well for anybody. Uh, But the same thing can happen with an emotional hit. Uh, When somebody says something negative about you, uh, our first reaction many times, uh, and by many people, and you can, this is attested to by uh, television, this is attested to by uh, social media that's out there, Twitter and Facebook and uh, all the other uh, different kinds of social media out there. Uh, If somebody says something bad about you, it's real easy to want to just kind of strike back at them uh, and say something, at least as bad or maybe even worse uh, back to them. So retaliation is is one of those big things uh, that we do. Some other things that we talked about in answering that question, when, when people... When, when you're wronged or when somebody wrongs uh, you, uh, is some people just hold that in. Uh, and usually they'll hold it in for a while, but then it'll bubble up and boil over uh, and spew out at some point or some time. And usually it'll seem like a very minor infraction uh, by somebody. Uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just kind of just comes out. And, and they're saying, well, I didn't think it was that big of a deal uh, because they've been holding it in for so long. It just kind of, again, boils over. So that retaliation uh, or, or that uh, holding it in and letting it uh, fester and, and boil up in you. Uh, we also talked about the fact that I uh, got into talking about th- that that when we're hurt like this, uh, we tend to, to hurt back and, and not always directly to the, the person that necessarily wronged us. Uh, oftentimes, uh, somebody will be hurt by something or somebody. They'll experience some kind of a, a trauma. Uh, and they'll hold it in and they'll either hurt themselves sometimes. Uh, one person mentioned the, in, in most counseling, uh, when it's dealing with uh, uh, some kind of self-injury, inflict type thing, one of the first things that they try to get into is, okay, well, what trauma have you experienced? Because that's oftentimes at the root of something like that. So they sometimes will actually harm themselves and sometimes uh, they will physically or emotionally harm somebody else, maybe that, not even the person that uh, had attacked them or, or wronged them. Uh, and so there's a lot of ways that we deal with this. And then one person in our study this morning said that we need to pray, that, that, and that really should be one of the first things we do is, is to pray. Uh, the second question I want you to think a little bit about is how much do expectations influence wrongs done to us? Uh, we all have expectations, uh, whenever I do any kind of uh, premarital counseling, and, and oftentimes even in uh, other kinds of counseling situations, I'll, I'll talk about expectations, and especially in a like a premarital counseling type thing when you got a a man and a woman that are about to come together, they're about to uh, join themselves in holy matrimony, uh, and they're all excited about it. They're looking forward to uh, their lives moving forward together, which is great and wonderful, but I also want to kind of lay, I do want to lay a foundation for them of what they need to experience, and because there will come times in, in any relationship where there's going to be some kind of conflict, there's going to be some kind of disagreement. It doesn't have to be anything major. It doesn't have to be a knockdown, drag-out fight, but there's going to be a, just some kind of a disagreement. Oftentimes, uh, those revolve around expectations, and all of us have 
realized expectations, and this is my terminology, uh, realized expectations. These are things that we will uh, verbalize to somebody. These are things that we have talked about with other people, uh, and we just set them out there of what we expect to happen uh, in a certain situation or in a certain relationship. Uh, But then we also have hidden expectations, and these expectations oftentimes are the ones that cause us the most problems because oftentimes we don't really know that we have those expectations until that expectation is not met, Uh, until something happens that goes against what we thought could happen or should happen in that situation. Uh, oftentimes, again, using a uh, married couple or a pre-married couple, they, uh, man and woman come from a different background. They come from different family environments, different uh, uh, things growing up as, as far as what was done in their households. And so oftentimes um, for each individual, if, you, if you're not really thinking about it, you'll think, well, that's just the way it is. Uh, a simple illustration in some households, it might be that the mom always took care of the uh, inside chores. She did all the uh, vacuuming and the cleaning and the washing of dishes, all those things. And the father took care of all the outside activities. He's the one that took out the trash. He's the one that cut the lawn. He's the one that made sure the, the yard and everything outside was, was in good working order. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then there's others that come from a situation that may be a little different than that. So that it may have been shared duties. It may have been uh, that the father did more inside, the mother did more outside. Um, but what happens is that builds up expectations for us. And if you got two people that come together and one one just expects, you know, because that's the environment they grew up in, is that the woman does work in the house, the guy does the, the, the husband does the work outside the house. Then all of a sudden they get married and he's not doing the outside work. And you think, well, he should be. That's the way it is. That's just what everybody knows. That's how it always works. Well, those can be somewhat hidden expectations or perceived um, expectations. Uh, and, and they're not, we don't really understand we have them until they're threatened in some way until they uh, it doesn't work like we think it's going to work. And so I ask that in the context here of wrongs done to us, because expectations play a big role in that. Uh, because we may expect that we when we do X, we expect Y to be done in return. That That's going to be the outcome. We do this, and this is how it's going to, to actually work out. And so when we do this and it doesn't work this way, well, then oftentimes we may feel slighted by somebody, that somebody did us a wrong, when maybe they really didn't. Uh, it, it just wasn't something that they thought of. It was just an expectation we had because that's the way it worked in another situation, another environment we may have grown up in or in, uh, in, in our homes or in our schools or um, in, in, in our previous work or wherever it may have been, that that's just the way it was. Uh, and then when it's not done that way, then we look at that person and, again, they may not have done anything wrong at all, but you just thought that that's the way they should have responded. So... When we think about this whole concept and we're, we're, we're looking ultimately at this um, idea and this concept and this reality of how do we deal with wrongs in our lives? And the answer to that uh, is this study, uh, and, and even more beyond this, is this whole idea of, of forgiveness, of what Christ calls us to do and what he calls us to pray for here uh, in the Lord's Prayer uh, is to learn to ask for God's forgiveness, but then also to forgive others. 
Uh, and so uh, a lot of things go into this, and, and all of us deal with this. Um, uh, every single one of us, I asked the question this morning, uh, uh, you know, raise your hand if you have ever been wronged by somebody. Uh, I would ask you that question too. And if your hand doesn't go up, you're, you're lying because we've all been wronged by somebody. That may not have been a major thing, but uh, there, we've all experienced uh, situations where somebody hasn't treated us as we should have been treated. Uh, and so we've been wronged by somebody somewhere. The flip side of that is how many have wronged others? And again, every hand should go up because we've all done that to others as well. And again, I'm not saying it has to have been something malicious uh, or with, with evil intent, but we, because we're human beings, we're flawed, uh, we fall short of the glory of God, uh, we're going to wrong others, um, hopefully not intentionally, but eventually we're going to fall into that category, uh, even unintentionally, not doing something we should have done uh, for whatever reason. So all of us fit into that category. So this, so we need to understand uh, forgiveness, and uh, that's why Christ spends quite a bit of time in this prayer, short prayer, just a couple verses. Uh, but when you think of the totality of this of this prayer, uh, a large chunk of it is spent on uh, on forgiveness. So let's look at our text together once again. It's Matthew chapter nine, or chapter six, starting in verse nine and going through verse fifteen. Jesus says this: Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So those last two verses, 14 and 15, were in addition to the Lord's Prayer and really an explanation of verse 12 there. And so Christ spends quite a bit of time talking about the need to um, be forgiven and offer forgiveness. Now, we're not going to try to get through all of that here uh, in our time. We're just going to take another five, ten minutes maybe to, to, to delve into just one aspect of this. And the, and the aspect I want to delve into is the second part of verse 12. We'll look at the, the first part in uh, verses 14 and 15 next week. But looking at that phrase uh, that Christ says we ought to pray, we ask God to forgive our debts, to forgive what we owe him because of our sin. And then it goes on to say, as we have forgiven our debtors. We're, we're praying to God and asking him to help us understand what it means to forgive others and for us to have a heart of forgiveness toward others. Uh, Forgiveness is essential. It is necessary uh, in our lives for at least two reasons. Uh, the first being is we have to live with others. Uh, and every person on the face of this earth, uh, the only one that was sinless, did, did never, never did anything wrong, was Jesus Christ. Uh, other than him, Everybody has been flawed. Everybody has fallen short of God's glory. And so we live in a, in a flawed, fallen world. Uh, and some people say, well, I'll just get by myself and live by myself. Well, guess what? You're still living with a flawed person because you're flawed. You're, you're fallen. So no matter who you are, no matter where you are, whether you're single or whether you're uh, in a group of a thousand, uh, you're going to be amongst flawed people. Uh, and we have to live with each other. We're, we're in this life 
together. And so forgiveness is necessary. Uh, it's a requirement for people to live together and, and work together and serve together. So forgiveness is necessary for that, so that we can learn how to live together. The second thing is uh, forgiveness is necessary for an effective prayer life. Here in this prayer, uh, Christ commands us to ask God to forgive us of our sins, and he tells us that we ought to be in a position where we are forgiving others. If we're not doing either one of those two things, we can't have a, an effective prayer life. Uh, for one thing, we don't understand God's forgiveness for us. We'll talk about that uh, next week in a little bit more depth. But we have to understand that um, we cannot really come before God with, a, with an honest heart, an open heart, uh, if we're not in an attitude of forgiveness. And, and sometimes that may mean that we need to pray to God and say, God, show me where my heart is hard. Show me where my heart is not uh, soft toward you or, or soft toward others uh, in, in an attitude of forgiveness. Uh, and so we have to have that for an effective prayer life because as we're trying to, if we're trying to justify our actions, if we're trying to um, somehow live with unforgiveness in our lives, it's going to impact how we relate to God uh, and it's going to impact how we relate to others. So forgiveness is essential for that. So Christ commands us in that prayer to pray as we have forgiven our debtors. So Looking at this, what does this passage say about our responsibility in forgiveness? When we think about this concept of forgiveness, what is uh, our, our responsibility? Uh, well, our responsibility is that if you have been wronged, you go to that person and ask for forgiveness, and if you've been wronged, you go to that person and ask for forgiveness. Uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, no matter which side of the coin you're on, uh, and you'll be on both sides of the coin sooner or later uh, in this life, uh, there will be times when somebody is wronged, uh, when you have wronged somebody else uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Christ actually taught the his disciples, if you're at the altar preparing to give a sacrifice, and there you're prompted. God reminds you that there's somebody uh, that uh, you, you have wronged. He says, leave your gift at the altar. I still want you to worship me, but leave your gift at the altar. Go and seek forgiveness with that individual and then come back and offer your sacrifice. So God wants our sacrifices, but he wants first and foremost us to have the, be in right relationship to the degree that we can be with others. And we'll talk more about this um, in the, the fact that when we forgive, there's a lot that goes into what this looks like. You can, you can be a forgiving person even if the other person doesn't reciprocate. So uh, our responsibility is if we have wronged somebody, we go and seek to set it right. But then if somebody's wronged us, that doesn't give us the right to sit back and say, well, it's their responsibility to come to me. No, as a follower of Christ, we are commanded to also go and, and be in a right relationship, to reconcile relationships with others um, to the degree that we can. Uh, and so this passage teaches us this. You know, we go and say, God, please forgive me of my sins. Uh, and then we turn right around as we forgive others the debts that they owe us. So, so it goes both ways. Why is this so important? Because 
what this prayer is really teaching us here is is not so much about the work of forgiveness, although it's important for us to go through those steps and 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 be right with other people, but really it's about the an indication of us being in a proper relationship with God. Um when we fully understand, or at least to the degree that we can, because I don't know that we ever can really fully, completely understand that forgiveness uh, of God, what He did for us uh, on on the cross, uh, what what the Son did for us on the cross, what the Father did by sending the Son, and even what the Holy Spirit did in uh, convicting people. I, I don't think we can fully understand all of that, but we can at least to to a degree understand some of that. And if we don't understand that, if we think we can live um, without seeking forgiveness with others, without trying to make reconciliation first with God and then with others, then it, it's really an indication of our hearts and, and where we are in our relationship with God. And so all those things are very, very important. And so in our time, just a couple minutes left, I want to draw us to another passage of Scripture. It's Matthew chapter 18. Uh, and, and I firmly believe with Matthew, the uh, Matthew chapter 6 passage, the Lord's Prayer is embedded in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And I, I fully believe that the, the vast majority, if not all of the remainder of Matthew's gospel, is really a living out of that... Um, that um, Sermon on the Mount, how, how we actually practically live it out. And so Christ, uh, throughout his ministry, and as Matthew develops uh, this, uh, the, these passages of Scripture, uh, he's living out you know, practical ways of, of what this looks like uh, in, in daily living. And so in Matthew chapter 18, uh, a large part of that chapter, really basically the entire chapter, deals with uh, forgiveness and, and what forgiveness looks like. Uh, and it, there's, there's a point where uh, Peter asked uh, Christ a question, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? Should I forgive him seven times? And and Peter thought he was being really, really generous in that. And quite honestly, we think we're being really generous. You know, if, if we were to forgive somebody uh, seven times, that would be a lot. Uh, you know, because after seven, we think, well, maybe they, you know, they're, they're just not worth any more, you know, of, of our time. If they can't get it straight, if they're going to keep doing that, we just can't keep forgiving them. Uh, so Peter thought he was being very generous, but then Christ comes back, you know, 70 times seven or 77 times. Either way, the point Christ was making to Peter was that you keep on forgiving others. And again, next week, we'll look, delve into a little bit more of what that looks like and, and what forgiveness looks like. But the point of Matthew chapter 18, uh, he deals a lot with what it means to, to forgive. And, and having the right kind of heart. And he tells this parable uh, at the end of uh, chapter 18, starts in verse 21. Uh, in my Bible, it's just titled the parable of the unforgiving servant. And I'll just paraphrase it here for you. Uh, what Christ says, he, he sets up this uh, scenario where uh, this servant owes his master a, a huge sum of money. Uh, we'll just say a million dollars. Uh, he owes his master a million dollars. There's no way he can repay it. Uh, he doesn't have the means to do that. And so the, the master calls him in, wants repayment. He's threatening to throw him in uh, to jail until he repays it. And the, the servant just falls at his feet and he says, you know, please, you know, I, give me another chance, you know, uh, show mercy on me. And so the, the master shows mercy on this man and he forgives him this debt of a million dollars. Well, this man goes out of that master's office there, and he goes into the street, and he uh, comes across a, a friend, a fellow that owes him $10. And he, he looks at that man, and he says, you know, you better pay me back what you owe me. Uh, and the man says, I can't. And, and, and this servant throws him into prison until he can repay him that small amount of money. Uh, now, this servant had just been forgiven a huge debt, a debt that he could never, ever repay. 
And then he goes in the streets and demands a, a pittance of, of what somebody owes him and demands it back. And, and so the master hears about that, uh, and of course he becomes angry at this. And then in verses 33 through 35, this is how Christ sums up uh, this, this parable. He says uh, to this wicked servant, he says, And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Then Christ goes on to say, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Uh, We're going to look a little bit more in depth next week at what it means to forgive somebody from our heart, but I want to end with that uh, in in this uh, live stream today. Uh, Of you thinking about what does it mean to forgive from the heart? to really forgive, to really understand forgiveness. That's that's what Christ is calling upon his disciples to do here, the the 12 that were following him and others that may have heard this parable. Um, What does it really mean uh, to to be forgiving? And, And the scenario is that we need to remember is that we need to truly understand all that God has forgiven us. Uh, And when we grasp that to the degree that we can, it will lead our hearts to be more forgiving toward others. Uh, But when we don't grasp that, when we don't understand that, just like for whatever reason, that that wicked servant really didn't grasp what what he had just been granted by being forgiven uh, that that huge sum of money. Uh, He truly didn't get it because he should have gone out, and when he saw that brother that owed him just a small amount of money, uh, he should have hugged him and he should have said, you know, let me tell you this story about what happened to me, and and therefore I want to uh, forgive you what what you owe me as well. So, but he didn't get it. Uh, And oftentimes when we have an unforgiving heart, uh, we haven't really gotten, uh, understood the forgiveness that God has given to us. And so there's much that we can be said about forgiveness. And even next week, we won't uh, totally exhaust this topic of forgiveness, but we're going to delve a little deeper into that next Wednesday. So I hope you'll join me uh, next Wednesday. It'll actually be March already by the time we come together next week. It's hard to believe, uh, but we are already uh, nearly finished with the first two months of 2021. Uh, God is good, and, and God is blessing. And my prayer is that these uh, this study through the Lord's Prayer has been a blessing to you as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll wrap up our time together this evening. Father, we come before you right now, and I thank you for your word. I thank you for this prayer, and again, uh, the truth that it speaks into our hearts and into our lives. Uh, Help us to, to not just learn the prayer, the words in the prayer, but help us to learn the intent behind this prayer. Uh, what it means uh, to truly seek you and honor you and what our prayers should look like to you as we deal with some of these issues that hit close to home, these very practical issues of praying for our daily needs like we did two weeks ago. And tonight, uh, as we've looked at, uh, started looking at what it means to forgive, uh, to be forgiven and to be forgiving people, uh, help us to learn what it looks like. And I pray this week you'll give each one of us opportunities uh, to really forgive somebody from our hearts. And as we delve into this next week, give us wisdom as we understand what it looks like, uh, according to your word, uh, to live in uh, being forgiving people. It's in Christ's most holy name that we pray. Amen.